When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents. If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club. Gazpacho police. Oh my God. What a stupid son of a bitch. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. The Betches Sup Podcast. Sayonara, sucker. Hello, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tameras. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. It's just me and Millie today. Amanda has left the country. She's expatriated. Yes, this is the takeover. (laughs) Finally, we're going to make it Betches Pups. Yep, it's finally happening. Actually, Rusty is at daycare right now, and thank God Uh, that he is. My daycare opens up in another week, but... My dog did take a shit on the carpet today. No. Not happy. Tino. It's my fault. You know, I, I slept till noon. <laughs> yeah, they will do that. I haven't taken him out today, so it's not his fault. Yeah. I can't get that um, my husband has COVID at oh, this moment. I did not know that. Yeah. So I have been taking Rusty on his morning walks, which normally I don't do because I don't wake up. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like, I didn't realize this until this week and I've had to be up early, but somehow maybe it's because I'm in my 30s now. I've become a like I need coffee to function Mm -hmm. in the morning person. Me too. Me too. Never before. But now I need coffee. Now, like people are trying to interact with me. I can't even fathom what they're saying. Like (laughs) I I went into the bodega and I poured hot coffee in my iced coffee cup. Like, I don't know what it's like. What a faux pas. Yeah, and then I like did something stupid with my card and I put it in the wrong thing and then my bodega guy was laughing at me and I was like, you should be laughing at me. I'm a mess. Yeah. It's 7 a.m. and I'm a fucking mess. Oh, man. (laughs) 7 a.m. is brutal. 7 a.m. is brutal. But on the bright side, Danny will now have a note that clears him to travel in Europe for 90 days. I already got COVID and have my note. So now we don't. Have to test to get back in the country from Spain. So that's the bright side of all of this. Listen, look at look at look at you. Keeping it on the bright side. <laughs> Keeping it positive because we were both really nervous about that. Cause you could get still because you have to test to get back in the country. So you can go out there and be whatever. You don't have to test, but to come back in the US, you have to test negative or have a letter. And it's very I don't want to be trapped out of the country. I've been out of the country like a few times already, and I'm just, I, I that has never like occurred as something that could happen. I'm <laughs> and just look like, at yeah, you. whatever. And that's the way you keep it positive. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> whatever. Then I'm staying in Mexico another week, baby. There's been worse things. 
There, there could be worse things. Oh, God, I feel like now I have to transition into our first topic, and it feels like I'm being cheeky, but But I'm speaking not. of worse things. Speaking of worse things, again, Amanda's not here to, <laughs> to, tell to us guide to us in up. her yeah. sound way. We are going to be talking first up top with updates about the shooting in Uvalde, Texas. I know I personally have felt a lot more sensitive to updates about this. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about you, but for some reason, I usually listen to like, all the up first NPR special things and all of the like dailies where they're talking to people. And I just haven't been able to do it with this one. I haven't. And like even reading about it on Twitter, like just more details about the inaction from police and all of that, like it's been really difficult because that's mixed in with like people making fun of Swedes about for, (laughs) for not sharing and like, the Mona Lisa getting attacked with cake. Yeah, and like whatever (laughs) Elon Musk is doing and then it's these horrific updates about this. So it's like I can't even imagine like these deep dives. It's just just really depressing. Yeah, and I think, well, obviously all of these are really depressing. This is particularly horrible because children are involved. But I think like every new thing that comes out about this one, I feel like reflects another element of society that is very upsetting, that needs to be fixed, that Mm -hmm. is like really tough to tackle mentally. So I just want to say that up top, if like you're feeling overloaded with a lot of this information, maybe skip a little bit. And we're going to talk about some other stuff as well in this episode. But I know I personally have had a hard time keeping up so much with everything, but we are going to go into some updates now. So President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden visited Uvalde this weekend to meet with the families of the victims at Robb Elementary School, as well as local government officials. The only public comment that Biden made during this time was basically when someone from the crowd shouted as he left a church to do something and he responded, we will. So what does he mean by that? Biden has said that, quote-unquote, rational Republicans realize that we can't continue with our current gun laws. By this, he's basically referring to Mitch McConnell and John Cornyn. John Cornyn is representing Republican interests in a Senate group tasked with coming up with a bipartisan agreement on gun reform. This wouldn't be able to go forward if Mitch McConnell hadn't put his cursed seal of approval on it. So that's who he's referring to. Cornyn recently quote tweeted an article pushing for single entry schools because that's now the new thing because they've said mental health so many times, but they don't put forward any mental health bills and they don't actually want to. So now and they've said the thing about arming teachers, but people have rightly said that's insane. So now they're talking about single entry schools. It doesn't make any sense. Which makes no sense. So John Cornyn quote tweeted this article about single entry schools and he added the comment, do like airports. Which makes no sense because airports famously have many entry and exit points and gates. Um, all of the planes <laughs> have their own. Like I, I don't even know what that means. I what think he mean? means like everybody TSA? comes in like yeah, school TSA, but it's like right. Y'all don't even give money. Look at what these kids are eating for lunch. Right, my um, <laughs> our close friend Katie Ruth Ashcraft was talking about how she her sister works in she's a teacher. I was about to say work in a school. She's a teacher, and she's been trying to get a whiteboard all year. The whiteboard that she has is insufficient, but we're gonna install TSA 
in every school. I'd love to see them put it forward instead of just like, that's the other thing is like, okay, if that's what you actually think, put forward a bill, but they're not really going to. I mean, whatever. Anyway. What state is John Cornyn from? John Cornyn, I think is Texas. Because I'm just like, a lot of these people are also from these states that like have no. He's Texas. um, Texas, He's Texas. So um, he's Ted Cruz's (laughs) co-senator from Texas. Well, because I'm just like, a lot of these people also don't tax. And then, so they, the, the teachers even have less resources. Like I think Oklahoma is one of those states that like, they tax nothing and then have no resources at all. Right. I imagine that on the list of what a public school needs in Texas, a handgun and an entire TSA setup is very low on the list. I mean, it reminds me always, and I mean, Abbott Elementary takes place famously in Philly, but in the Abbott Elementary pilot when she's like doing the textbook and she and it ends at George W. Bush and she's like, we've actually had two presidents since then. I have taped them in. (laughs) Yeah. That's the state of things. And you're going to tell me that actually we're going to give every teacher a gun and we're going to install the thing that scans your entire body. And. But also like, it's just so ridiculous. First of all, imagine going to recess. Like, how are these kids going to go to recess with one entrance? And then on top of that, it's like, or we can just, anybody who's harmed an animal cannot get a gun, guys. Like, I feel like that might be a little easier. Yeah, literally. I mean, literally. And luckily, that is one of red flag laws, um, expanded background checks, red flag laws, and enhanced school security, which is probably the thing we're going to have to give Republic. We have to pretend. I mean, we don't have to pretend. But every time stuff like this comes up, we have to pretend that their dumb solution has some merit. So whatever. Anyway. Yeah, dumb solution. Like those cops in schools. Like, yeah, this is so we have ridiculous. to put money to that so that we can get red flag laws. But these red flag laws would allow for people who are deemed dangerous to have their guns taken away. Domestic violence has come up again in this shooting. <laughs> I mean, he killed his grandmother before going out. But before that. He had also, there's all this information coming out about the gunman that he sent, like, really scary messages to women online. At his job at Wendy's and all that shit. Yeah, like, he was sending really, really scary messages to women online, which brings up, like, how misogyny is. Mm. I know Caitlin always says it, but it's like misogyny is the gateway prejudice. Like, it leads Mm -hmm. to a lot of different stuff. Mm -hmm. And everyone loves misogyny. That's what I say. If there's something unites everybody, it's how much it's they hate misogyny. women. It's misogyny. And yeah. like it opens up questions about social media too because some of these people said that they did report his messages on these apps and these apps don't do anything, which is classic. So again, it's like we were talking about before where like this shooting just brings up so, so many, many other societal issues. Disturbing things. This is something that Bridget, our wonderful uh, stepping in for Amanda today, Bridget yes. put in our outline that... I was like, what the hell? But Biden also said that he's looking into tearing down and rebuilding Robb Elementary to minimize reminders of the shooting because there is a federal grant program (laughs) to destroy and rebuild or renovate schools after shootings. So we have laws on the books to tear the schools down where shootings have happened, but we have nothing to stop them from happening happening in the first place. That's like... It's easier to just be like, we'll just give money for you to tear down all the shooting schools. Crazy. And it's also like 
just something so dark and nasty about this. Because mm-hmm. it's like, that can't be cheap. That's not cheap. How and it could does, it be? How, and, and how like, could it be? How can it also, like, I just much rather have, like, really intense therapy for all the children. You know, that's just going to be a, a big mark on the entire town. And they should have services for everybody, like long-term services. I feel like that's a better thing than just tear it down and reconfigure the hallway so that people are reminded. And it's like, yeah. And I mean, again, it's just like, it's crazy to me that that's an easier thing to get past than like one single gun regulation. (laughs) Truly even the smallest thing. So pivoting now to the police response, which you mentioned before, it's come under a lot of scrutiny. What went on with the police department in Uvalde The Justice Department announced this weekend that it's going to probe how law enforcement handled the situation, um, and the timeline is still kind of ever-evolving. So every press conference really has just been raising more questions, and local officials are continuously changing their story on how long the gunman was inside and what was done to stop him. So there was a press conference over the weekend where they continued to talk about the timeline, and in that press conference, they said that three officers followed the gunman into the building within like two minutes. And in the next half hour, as many 19, as many as 19 officers piled into a hallway outside, but it was 45 minutes before border patrol breached the door and went in. And the way that the door was breached was that they got a master key and opened the door, which is like, I just don't, I saw this point being made on Twitter as well, but I don't understand how police kill unarmed people all the time, all the time. because they fear for their lives. All but the when time. there's a gunman in a classroom and he's actively shooting kids, we need to wait 45 minutes to get the key to the door? No, like break into somebody's house and just shoot them. Like right? all the time. And like I just read something about the, they did this to a pregnant woman the other day. You know what I mean? It's just like terrible, terrible fucking... And then also I heard that there is some hesitance from police because the the kid had an assault rifle and they're like, well, we don't want to get shot. And it's like, well, then even more of a reason to ban assault rifles, one. And two, it's like, what are you guys doing? Like, y'all wanted to be the heroes, right? Like, yeah, you're supposed to be the good guys with guns. And also, I just am not understanding the logic of being like, well, we have to be able to shoot people if they're mm-hmm. going to shoot us. And then not shooting. not shooting anyone who's actually going to shoot you, only shooting, like, people who don't have guns or who are running away or... I hate to be like, you have one job, but that really it really is, is the thing. It really is the job. Like <laughs> It really is. You have one job, and it's to protect children. But, you know, I mean, this is, of course, getting into... Yeah, another societal problem, like you were saying, Elise, of like, what do police protect? What do, what are their priorities? Is it to keep people safe or to protect capital or to protect, you know what I mean? Like, right, because we obviously, I mean, this is the thing. I read um, Alex Vital's book, The End of Policing. It's a really, really good book. I still struggle sometimes with like, well, yeah, but what if someone is actively com- committing like a serious act of violence? Like, is that what we need police for? You know, I want to feel protected from stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like, okay, but is that protection actually coming to pass? Because in this situation, it 
most certainly didn't. That's not to say police don't prevent other situations, but mm. there are questions about how is it decided when to intervene? Does it just come down to the who the people are in that moment? I mean, it's very, uh, it's very complicated question. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think the biggest thing that argues in that book mm -hmm. is that police have also too maybe much tally, but I don't tally. Okay, I don't know. I'm just acknowledging <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. Listen, Amanda would know. But she ain't here. So she ain't here. She's in France. <laughs> She's in France, hoes. So stop complaining. <laughs> um, yes, I did call all of our lovely listeners. <laughs> beautiful, wonderful listeners. Our beautiful, wonderful listeners. And you know what? We're taking hoes back. We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair and skin, yes, but beyond that too. Since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great, it looks fancy on the shelf, and I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash feverdream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash feverdream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash feverdream. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. The biggest thing that I've gathered from, you know, listening and hearing about the book and listening to interviews with Vitaly Vital is that police have too much on their plates. They're, they're responsible for too much. Mm -hmm. And then they don't really do anything properly. I mean, not that they don't do anything properly, but like they're in charge of homelessness, mental health, responding to mental health crises, all this shit. And it's just like, I think when people talk about defund the police, it's like, let's share some of these resources, like the 40% of Uvalde's budget that goes to policing already. I'm like, I just think like, fuck, what if it was easier for this guy to get therapy? 
Then right? it was I mean, to like, get a what gun. if there was like a comprehensive, like mental health program that existed? I mean, number one, what if he couldn't get a gun? But also, like, what if there yeah. was help for someone who was struggling? What if there was a, a place you could go to that was like, hey, I've been getting scary messages from this guy, or like a family member could go to them, or, you know. Like a wellness check for this kid. And yeah. like, people aren't stretched thin, and like they can actually, I constantly think about, and I mean, I think that is just like a big thing of like, you know, a big thing about society is that we put so much money into policing that like to acknowledge like the hashtag not all cops argument is that like for people to be middle class in this country, like unfortunately the fastest way to be middle class is to be a police officer or to be in the military. Yeah. So it's like, what if people could make a good living being one of these people that are able to provide him mental health? For people, right? Because or, I yeah. do think that there are people who became, like, obviously there are police op- people who become police officers who want to help people, and maybe some of them would be drawn to some of these other aspects, whether yeah. it would be to become trained in like social work or whether it be to become trained in like, con- like, like de-escalating conflicts. If mm-hmm. there was a unit for that, and then the ones who want to be hall monitors can, go yeah, do that as well. Yeah, literally <laughs> hall monitors, because that's what they're going to do. They're putting them in in schools. I mean, yes. So one final update about all of this stuff for today is we got to talk about the NRA convention, which did take place in Houston over the weekend. Truly shameless. But based on pictures off Twitter, there were thousands of empty seats while huge protests formed outside the convention center. Trump spoke. Um He didn't support gun control regulation or anything. Um, They talked a lot about mental health. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is funny for all of all people, Donald Trump to talk about mental health. I mean, absolutely. (laughs) Do we think he's had one ounce of therapy? Like, do you think he's even gone court ordered? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to raise you this, Elise. I don't even think the man's heard a better help ad. <laughs> oh, he does not listen to podcasts. There's no I don't no even way. think I don't even think this man has really understands what happens in a therapy session. Absolutely. I he probably still like fully like Mad Men era calls them head shrinkers and is like not an ounce of therapy. Not an ounce of therapy for this man. I don't know if he's ever even watched something that had therapy in it. I don't Turns think Donald Trump yeah, I Maybe don't think Donald Sopranos. Trump has watched The Sopranos. You think he's watched The Sopranos? I mean, yes, but maybe just because he's like, yeah, I'd want to have sex with my therapist too. Jesus, <laughs> if I had a lady therapist, it'd be the same deal. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't like women that talk so much. Well, yeah, that's true. He would want, again, <laughs> we're off the rails now talking about whether or not Donald Trump could even attend a therapy session. <laughs> Or knows what it is. We know that he has it. I'm just saying, does he know what it is? And I'm Does like, he know what it is? That's why these people know. all hate Encanto, honestly. They don't like the questions that it brings up. Speaking of people who probably hated Encanto, Ted Cruz also spoke. <laughs> 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 Ted Cruz also spoke. Greg Abbott 
this is cute. He didn't speak, but he gave a pre-recorded address. So he oh, like literally cool. is trying to play it both ways. No. Oh, great. Right. But Beto was at the protests outside. And there's also this viral video that I included in the newsletter today of these like, they called them progressive pranksters. Got we in. need more of them. I love it. I'm already, I'm already on board. It's great. This guy, he's like a white guy who looks like he would possibly be at the NRA convention. And he gets up when Wayne LaPierre is speaking and he gives this whole rambling speech where he's like, and we need more thoughts and more prayers. And Mr. LaPierre has provided his thoughts and his prayers. It's very good. It's been viewed over two million times. LaPierre clearly didn't understand what was happening. No one, people in the audience start clapping because they like think. <laughs> It's real. And um, it's very funny. So they got trolled pretty hard at their meeting. I don't know. I mean, I think it's pretty messed up that they even had one. But also, if they had to keep canceling them for mass shootings, they'd never have one, you know? they never have one. And honestly, they need events to cover. The NRA needs to do events to cover up the severe money laundering that they're doing as yeah. an organization. Wayne LaPierre needs something to cover up why he's been flying around in a private plane from place to place. And that's what Letitia James, she has not come down hard enough on these guys. They're like, oh my God. So it's so dark. It's so dark. And it's also like, man, I don't know what's happening with Democrats. Yeah. Uh, but the ads, the attack ads are writing themselves. Yeah, I mean, we need to keep the momentum up through the midterms. We need to keep reminding people why things are not being done. I mean, maybe we'll see some kind of law passed. It's really hard to imagine it happening, but if people are able to keep up the pressure, if Republicans are actually start made to start feeling like there are going to be consequences for them electorally in mm. the midterms, if we don't see some kind of action on gun reform, then we might see action. It just, it really comes down to if these people can be made to feel like inaction is going to cost them these seats that right now they're counting on winning because Republicans have been going into this midterm feeling really, really good. And so if they start to feel like that's jeopardized, then maybe we could actually see like background checks, a red flag law, like, come on. Yeah, and I hope that happens. And I hope that Democrats really take this to not only like really, really lean on the NRA gun control shit and also like do some progressive shit. I know Biden's been sitting on the... The student loan stuff, but if yes. that happens before November, like all all this other stuff that can happen that can like also tee the ball in our court a little bit more. But yeah, <sighs> I I just I would rather there not have to be a horrible tragedy that involves children dying for us to have movement. But like we've been saying for years how like the fact that we did nothing after Sandy Hook was really shameful. And there is an opportunity now to not do nothing. I mean, it's fucking insane that there was another Sandy Hook or that there was even a first Sandy Hook. But we do. There is an election coming up. Right after this, a lot of times this shit happens and we're in between a bunch of things. And it's like you can't actually get to the ballot box with any swiftness. But like, actually, this time we can say mm -hmm. stuff about this and about Roe, which I actually 
brings us to our next topic. We mm-hmm. have an update into the investigation into who could have leaked Alito's draft decision of the Mississippi case overturning Roe. So basically, this investigation is escalating and officials are now trying to obtain cell phone records of SCOTUS law clerks, some of whom are apparently considering getting outside lawyers to protect their information about their personal lives and coming out with their phone data. I mean, I guess I wouldn't really want my employer to get my phone data either, especially if I worked at the Supreme Court. No, I don't want to see... It's like, this girl gets on Tinder every night before bed? <laughs> like, what? I, I mean... It's so funny to me to be overturning all this precedent, to be doing this like unheard of thing, but you're going to act like the leak is the most untoward part of the entire scenario. Yeah, who fucking cares? You're upending 50 years of precedent. You don't get to be mad that one of your clerks leaked it. Like you threw the rule book out when you wrote this shit down. Yeah, I'm just like, This is not what we should be focusing on at all. Like, they just also, like, made it so there was another law that people can appeal, like, death rows. Like, they're they're doing some really dark, disgusting things. Yeah. New York gun laws are about to come up, and they're pretty much poised to make New York gun laws less restrictive. Yeah, which is crazy because that's, like, kind of one of the cooler things about living here is that we have more gun laws which are people argue are racist you know mm-hmm. like they use it to enforce it on black and brown people which is interesting yeah but personally i don't i mean just my personal philosophy is like nobody should have guns but yeah and whatever I mean, even with the higher gun laws that we had there was still literally a mass shooting in buffalo two weeks ago so it's yeah. like i mean and there the supreme court is looking to roll that back so i just think it just is so ridiculous to me that they're going to be doing all of this stuff all of this outrageous stuff and then sit in their little robes on their little chairs and be like, but I can't believe that someone forwarded the PDF to the news. Well, I feel like this is the Republicans and the right are not operating by the rules anymore. Like they're making their own rules. They're breaking it. They're breaking decorum. They have been for years and years and years. And I guess like Democrats are... Dem, you know, especially centrists, especially people like Joe Biden are still like, there are still reasonable Republicans and there's still this and right, we must like- have decorum and we must work together and Joe Manchin, all this shit. But then like, it's weird to see Republicans want to also go back to the decorum that they've showed nobody because they would have impeached Trump twice already if they were going by the decorum of the back in the days and all this shit. But they haven't. No, I mean... That's the thing that drives me crazy because I'm just like, we're going to go through all of this shit with the filibuster and Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema talking about minority rule and all this stuff. And then as soon as Republicans are in the same position that we're in and they want to pass a law making it so that, I don't know. Something terrible. Something stupid, something whatever. Um <laughs> I can't even think of a stupid thing by them because everything that I think of is just something they actually want to do. So So anyway, as soon as they want to pass something, they'll get rid of the filibuster. So it's just like, it's like you're saying, we're playing by rules that they throw out at every turn. But then when we throw out even the most minor rule, it's like, like, it's like, um, 
the Texas attorney general yelling at Beto O'Rourke being like, you are out of line, sir. When Beto How dare like, you politicize this? Like when Beto's yelling at a like press conference and it's like, are you, what? This is what outrages you? This is what spurs you to action to be yelling? Come on. Yeah, because they fucking look bad. And they, oh, this is out of line. And it's like, yeah, well, guess what? 19 children getting like killed at school should make somebody want, like, it is so crazy that it should make people want to act different. Banning abortion is so crazy. It should make people want to act different without the decorum of the what, whatever, like, precedented times, like you were saying. Yeah, exactly. We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. Speaking of people lacking decorum, I'm getting into these segues. I'm learning you're, how you're to do good. it. You're good. Thank you're you. Good. Thank good. you. You're doing so great. We miss you, Amanda, but you, you're Amanda. killing it. We're going to end today with a segment called People Who Probably Made Worse Long Weekend Decisions Than You. So mm -hmm. we're going to start with Paul Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, was arrested and charged with driving under the influence on Saturday night after he crashed his Porsche into an oncoming Jeep. The other driver was not arrested. I haven't seen anything about anybody being hurt. So good there. His bail was set at $5,000, which is nothing for them, Nothing. probably, but would absolutely devastate someone else. Yeah, no, that would ruin... Um, <laughs> would absolutely put someone summer. else in jail. And he was released on Sunday morning. Nancy was in Rhode Island on Sunday to speak at Brown's commencement. Any thoughts? <laughs> I just was thinking, like, oh, is this something that, like, if Donald Trump Jr. had a DUI, 
would I be like celebrate? I don't know if I'd be celebrating, but it's just kind of like, it's just unfortunate. You know, I yeah. just think that, you know, drinking and driving, like you're fucking Paul Pelosi. Get an Uber, man. Get an Uber. Get an Uber XL. Yeah, have it. Hire a driver. Honestly, hire you're 82. He's 82 years old. Hire a driver. If I could hire a driver now, I would do Absol- that. Oh, like, my God. Absolutely. I would never Are you fucking kidding? drive anywhere. But I always say this on the podcast. I have no desire when I'm 82 to be working in a high-level position. Nope. None of that. I want to be sitting in a chair. I want to be driven around. And then I can get as drunk as I want at Memorial Day. Yeah. And not cause any problems. Or like, just get an Uber. I got an Uber. Listen, I got an Uber last night twice. They were so expensive. It wasn't $5,000, but it was fucking close. But (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing is that the Uber usually is not going to be $5,000. No. But did it feel like $5,000 to me? Absolutely. Sometimes. Sometimes Sometimes that Uber feels like $5,000. Because listen, I went from Harlem to Bushwick. It was not an easy... You already Ooh. know. You already know. Five thousand dollars. <laughs> it wasn't five thousand. It was a cool four thousand nine hundred and ninety-five. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just take it. It's just so annoying to see, like, when people have DUIs, especially in major. It's just like, come on. But it's yeah. not Nancy's fault, and it's not like an indictment. No, or whatever. Blah blah blah. And I'm sure she's pissed. Oh she's my god, pissed. I would love to be a fly on the wall of her coming home, being like. Got yeah, a yeah, fucking yeah. DUI? Yeah. What? I, I'm the that, speaker of the house. You can't get a DUI, dude. Like, yeah, no bueno. No. <laughs> and we're 80. That would also, like, even take being Nancy Pelosi out of it. If we're 80 and my husband comes home with a DUI, I'm going to be like, what the fuck? No. <laughs> Speaking of an 80-year-old DUI. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of terrible, while awaiting the verdict in his defamation suit, Johnny Depp performed with Jeff Beck in Sheffield, England over the weekend. They sang a lot of songs together, including a cover of Isolation by John Lennon that they released in 2020 and Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, which is what we've been thinking watching all of this. (laughs) It's simply what's going on. Beck introduced Depp as someone who came knocking on my dressing room door about five years ago, and we haven't stopped laughing since. I don't know. I think the whole thing just underscores how weird the response to one person versus the other has gotten, how weird this entire situation has gotten. I'm just like, every two fucking seconds you're on the internet, someone's like, you can tell Amber Heard's lying because she laughed in 2008. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, when she said in her deposition that in 2008, she also experienced sadness. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay. Um, and like everyone's overanalyzing everything this woman does to like prove that she's wrong and saying that she must not have been a victim and Johnny Depp is the victim. When this motherfucker is playing at a thing and is getting so much like love and support, which is also like... Isn't that the point of his defamation thing is that she like muddled his name or, you know, dirtied his name and he can't get anything. And like his life is ruined because of her. And then he's He's playing with fucking Beck, which also fuck Beck. You are a loser. (laughs) Um, It's just so again, and we've talked about this a bunch of times. It is so weird to me the degree to which public opinion is assumed to be in Johnny Depp's favor that it is like companies will come out and in support of him like 
people will bring him out on stage and all of this stuff. Like there is no, I don't know. There's like no gray area or nuance. And it's really interesting because I feel like I've had an evolution on this case in the other direction where when it was his testimony at first, I was like, wow, this seems really complicated. A lot of weird stuff was going on. And now I see more of this response. And honestly, the thing for me is his text messages about her where he like calls her so many iterations of things. He says he wants to kill her. He says he wants to have sex with her body. Like that stuff is really nasty. Yeah, that stuff is like, I don't know. It rings of like really gross other stuff going on. Yeah, it's not cool at all. And it's disappointing to see people like, to see people fall for it, to see people engage with this. It's also like, yeah, the most rational response is like, he did hit, like he did abuse her. And also I think that I was listening to a podcast with Michael Hobbs. You know, I love Michael Hobbs. Mm -hmm. You're wrong about We stand you, Michael Hobbs. We stand Michael Hobbs. (laughs) And he was providing nuance, which, but it's just like, also just hearing her testimony and hearing, and I'm just like, yeah, like she, you know, because everyone's constantly like, oh, it was mutual abuse or they abuse each other. They're, they're both just as bad. And, you know, she was like, I really tried everything. I'm not proud of it, whatever. And like, I just gave up. Like, he wouldn't let me leave him. He wouldn't let me do this. He wouldn't let me do that. And, like, so I started fighting back and, like, just, I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, if some guy, like, slapped me in the face in front of a bunch of people and kicked me on the floor of an airplane, I'd probably say some not nice things to him, too. Like, it's just crazy that no one, to me, that, like, I feel like nobody's really having perspective or nuance on that. Yeah, and I just also, it's odd to me because even if you do believe the mutual abuse line, even if you do feel like the case is really complicated, you have questions, whatever, it's the like gleeful celebration of Johnny Depp of like turning him into stickers, of like making her a meme, of like, uh, I don't know, just bringing him out on stage in the middle of this really messy and gross trial. I feel like there's no like respect for the subject matter that's being dealt with here. I mean, people are drawing murals. I saw you retweet this. People are doing murals of Amber Heard with like a Pinocchio nose that say Johnny broke my nose or whatever. And it's like, even if you believe she is a liar, imagine how disturbing that would be to a domestic abuse victim to even see and to be reminded of domestic violence in this bizarre matter. Yeah. Yeah. This bizarre way. Like it's just, um, yeah, it's all left a very bad taste in my mouth personally. Yeah. And also like, Chocolat was not even. Like, I'm just like still stuck on like he played a pirate. Like I, I didn't. I just am so shocked. America loved that pirate. Oh America my God, loves dude. that pirate, and I gotta say, in my most recent viewing of Pirates One, I loved that pirate too. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's something I can't get on board with white people in dreadlocks. So forgive me if I, I never bought in. No, you're right to that. But you're right. You're There's, right, but I I will admit to that I loved that pirate, and it's a great pirate, and he's a funny pirate. It's and, fine. Uh, I will. That's fine. That's fine. But I'm just like, 
Is it a pirate? Did you love that pirate enough to fucking embarrass yourself on social media? Like, no, personally, no. me, no. No. <laughs> but other people really loved the pirate. He was really, really, he's a really funny pirate. Apparently, like, goddamn, people, like, <laughs> this guy, like, come on. Really, he's such a funny pirate. He says, where's oh the rum? Oh, my God. Where's the rum? He drank it. That's what's funny. I actually do love Jack Sparrow. Okay, we need to end the episode. Stop. Yeah, yeah. Let's stop, stop. talking, Elise. Stop. You saved yourself and then dug it again and saved yourself and dug it again. And I don't even this know what we you need think. Amanda yeah. on the ep- yeah. Because Amanda ends the episode instead of us just spiraling into all this. Not us. You, bitch. Hey, you I know t- what? I You're, so you right. You're so I right. I you an out. You're so well, right. Okay, guys. If C-SPAN meets the group chat, then we are leaving the group chat. We everybody. are leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Until the end of democracy, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Amanda Duber. I'm <laughs> Millie Tamir. <laughs> and this is the Betches Up Podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.